Hey, this is Nathan, and this is episode number two of the Nathan Seawood Show. The Nathan Seawood Show. Personal conversations with powerful men. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to episode two of the podcast. I hope you had managed to listen to the first episode and you got something out of that conversation. Uh, I certainly did, and I enjoyed bringing it to you. And I'm really committed to making this a really cool show that you guys uh, really love. So any feedback you have, I'm completely open to. Send me an email, write me a message on Facebook, make a comment, uh, anything that you think would make the show better for you guys. Uh, I am happy to hear. So I hope you've had a great week. I've been uh, the last week up in the Pacific Island of Vanuatu, which I'm lucky to uh, have a home in. And I did something really unique this time. We took a, a flight out to one of the remote islands called Tana Island which has this amazing uh, active volcano called Mount Yasur. And they take this tour where you drive for about two, two and a half hours through dirt roads, through the forest, across these huge uh, plains that are covered in volcanic ash. And then you drive up the side of the volcano and then hike for a little bit. And you can literally sit on the crater of an active volcano. Phenomenal. Like to be able to sit there and just see this raw power of nature just spitting lava and uh, rock and just the the vibration and the noise as this thing erupted in front of us was absolutely incredible and a very very humbling experience and we actually stayed there till after nightfall so uh, they say it's best to see the the crater and the lava and the explosions in the dark so we stayed there on the side of this volcano in the dark and I had this amazing moment just when I was sitting there by myself at one point that there was uh, also a supermoon. You might have heard about the supermoon recently. That was beautiful and beaming right above us. I had this amazing natural phenomenon, this volcano on one side, with this huge supermoon casting down on the other side. It was uh, an amazing experience, very humbling and uh, terrifying, to be honest, but something I can highly recommend to anyone if you get a chance to do it. And this week on the show, I'm so excited, uh, I got to have a conversation with a friend of mine, Lee Lynch. Lee and I used to work together in our other career about eight years ago, and we weren't that close to be honest, we kind of joked about it before the interview, that uh, I've got really into coaching and personal development, and so has Lee over the last few years, so our paths have actually come back together and, and started to converge, so... Uh, I really wanted to introduce you to Lee and have a great conversation with him and ask him a whole bunch of questions about his path to success uh, so that you could learn a lot about his journey and what he's been up to. And the first thing you notice about Lee is that he's in phenomenal, phenomenal shape. So we joined this conversation when I asked him, have you always been into fitness and sport? So enjoy this conversation with my friend, Lee Lynch. Perfect. Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Um, yeah, look, I have, mate. Like, I played, I played sport at a high level at school, um, and my parents were quite fit. Um, I mean, I had some times there in my life where I probably got not overweight, but I wasn't as fit as I should have been. Um, and I re- I got into bodybuilding probably about. Oh, Probably about 10 years ago, got into it properly and had a friend introduce me to competing. So I competed at a natural, quite a high natural level for, um, for about four or five years, mate. So that sort of, it really set me up with, uh, with the tools that I needed to, uh, stay in good shape. <laughs> it becomes an addiction. That's probably the nicest way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So when, when did you first decide like that when you got into bodybuilding? When did you decide to get into that, uh, 
what, what sort of attracted you to that? To, to be honest, if you, the, the reason I hadn't done it was I wasn't particularly interested in wearing the little stage jocks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a bit weird. Um, but look, my mate convinced me. He's just like, look, you're in good shape, man. You'll, you'll compete well. And I just thought, you know what? Why not? You've got to try these things. So um, that's what I did. And once I did it once, uh, I won my first comp and I got hooked. <laughs> and, and once yeah. once that once that took off, it was pretty much no stopping me. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I can tell, like you know, every time we talk, like you're so passionate about health and fitness and like following through all the stuff you talk about. Um, so where does that passion come from? Like you obviously have a real belief in in health and fitness. Where does that passion? Yeah, come from? Look, huge belief in in the fact that especially with you know health's the number one thing in our lives. Um, and without health, I, I reckon you, you pretty much don't have a lot going in your life. You know, your health is it's the thing that allows you to wake up in the morning. <laughs> and I, I think a lot of people sort of over, oversight that a wee bit and they sort of take their health for granted and the fact that they, they're living, they take that for granted. And I, I'm, I'm a huge believer in the healthier I am, uh, the better my mind will operate, the longer I'll be here for my family, um, be that my parents, be that my wife and daughter. And for myself, really, you know, I want to experience life. So the healthier I am, the easier it is to to, to do that. And that's sort of where the passion comes from. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There's a, like, a lot of guys listening to this are, um, you know, will be kind of mm. quite high achievers and people that are very committed to their yep. job or their career and for whatever reason, you know, you know the type of people where the, the lifestyle and their health um, takes a back seat. So what what process do you kind of take people through when, in your coaching like to get them into a, a more sustainable healthy lifestyle and kind of get that importance of health across to them yeah well you know the first thing and the biggest thing that i've always explained because of my my background and the the not the issues but the, the things i started discovering that i was doing wrong in my life right? balance is huge um and if you don't have balance in your life your areas in your life will start to fall apart without you knowing and because now, there's seven key areas of life that I believe in. So you've got health as your first one. Wealth, unfortunately, that's just how we how we roll. And I don't mean wealth as in uh, monetary wealth so much as you know, wealth of knowledge, wealth of life, wealth of experiences, uh, life purpose, your family, uh, contribution and passion, passion and enjoyment, and your relationships. So I think all those life areas have to be balanced for you to have a great um a great foundation not to only build on but to live life to its absolute fullest. So, you know, when I talk to people a lot, and the, and the funny thing is, mate, I'll say this, I'm not a qualified PT. It's it's purely experience, um, been around the industry for a long time, and I do have qualifications in um, nutrition, but I don't really use them as such. But it's very important. A lot of people, especially high achievers, um, they tend to let their health slip. That's the first thing they let slip, you know, whether they're on the road a lot or they're doing uh, a corporate job where they're not really working nine to five, they're doing more like six to six sort of thing. Um, they tend to let their health slip and by way of food, by way of exercise. And it, we really, really impress upon them the need to at least get that's the first key, key thing to get under control because when you're healthier, your brain works better. You've got more energy to do your career. If you're extremely career driven, it's it's much easier to do when you've got that energy and the high energy levels and you're clearer thinking. Um, so it, it, I really 
take time to impress upon them the, the importance of health and get them moving in the right direction with their health. And then you find once they realize they need that balance in life, they start to they start to trickle into the other areas as well. It's kind of like a flow on effect. Yeah, yeah, it makes so much sense. And and I noticed for me, like, and I think there's a lot of guys that are saying, like, I'm a real perfectionist. And so when it comes to, like, health and fitness and eating, yep, yep. like, I struggle with, like, being, like, really solidly good, you know, for, like, a couple of weeks and then kind of going off the path a bit and then just giving it up, you know, because I've lost that perfection. So I end up, like, going from 100% <laughs> to zero to 100% to zero all the time. Like, do you, do you have any advice for that kind of thing? Yeah, I do, I do mate. I, that's purely identity, and we work on a lot of identity. I say we because um, with the health side of things, I actually involve my wife quite a lot. Um, she's a bit of a fitness nut as well, but we definitely work on identity. We've, we've got this thing as humans, especially our subconscious, we, we develop feelings and emotions and beliefs built over time, and they build our personality. They build who we are as a person, and... Rightly or wrong, wrongly, whether those beliefs are correctly held beliefs or not, they can actually shape your identity. And a, a good example I use all the time is an overweight person, if they've been overweight all their lives or a, a large percentage of their lives, they, they tend to start identifying with themselves as the overweight person and they become okay with that. Even though they're saying on the outside they're not okay with that, internally their brain's going, this is comfortable, I'm going to keep you comfortable. And I'm okay with this. So what happens is people, they, they lose a lot of weight or they get charging, like you said, for three or four weeks and they start seeing results and they're like, this is awesome. People start saying, I'm looking awesome. But internally, they're still not identifying with that. And without identifying with the new you that you're creating, you're going to slip back, back to your old ways. So it's really important to work on people's identity um, and get them understanding who the new them is and the new techniques to use. But that's what I'd say. Work on work on your inner world and your outer world will shine. <laughs> wow. That's, that's so – yeah, that's amazing. So it's the process you use is kind of like you, you take a two-pronged approach, like mindset as well as like some of the foundational health and fitness things as well. Yeah, mindset's huge, um, absolutely huge. Like, I, I think it's probably 80%. You know, we talk about – you talk about 80% diet, 20% training when you're talking the physical aspect, but you break that down even further and it's it's 80% mindset. You know, it's you, you really have to um, decide and commit and do whatever it takes to becoming the new identity that you want to become because that's the thing that will, when you're having a bad day and you're sort of looking around for something to eat, <laughs> as, as, we've all, as yeah. we all do, you, you won't go for the bad stuff. You'll go, or you'll go for it and you'll go, no, that's not going to serve me, and you'll you'll do the right thing. And that identity huge mindset in the health industry is probably something that's overlooked because most people set a goal and they're like, "What do you want to do?" Well, twelve weeks, I want to look hot for summer, <laughs> or something like that. Like that, that's cool, but it's not really, it's not something that's going to make you wake up in the morning and do all the things that you need to do. So, mindset's huge, mate. I think it's a massive cornerstone that isn't. Uh, that really isn't tapped into enough. Yeah, I think there's still like an opinion that it's kind of woo-woo or like <laughs> that it's, you know, yeah, it's not like not, not reality or something like that. But yeah, it's so important. One of the things you mentioned that was a big change for me is, um, you know, like I'm a real sugar addict and I'm sure you come across people like that all the time. Um, 
and realizing that um and, you know like in our in our careers we talk about fatigue a lot right we have a lot of tiredness and fatigue in our day jobs and how like sometimes you just want that sugar hit just to feel better but realizing that actually that's not gonna that's not the answer maybe you'll feel better for two minutes while you're eating it but then you'll feel a lot worse afterwards and and that's it you've not you've hit the nail on the head mate sorry carry on <laughs> no that's the i just when i realized that when i had that insight for myself that was huge and it just you reminded me of it when you were talking there yeah and that and you know that comes down to primal instincts as well you know we're as a species we're designed to seek out sugar because sugar in the animal kingdom is actually not really widely available so we're actually designed to seek it out it's just our modern lifestyles that's that have really allowed themselves to sugar, to readily having sugar and using it as a bit of a fix as opposed to what it was originally designed for. So, yeah, I mean, the other thing you can do, mate, and we say this to a lot of guys and girls that we talk to, and change your state. So, when you're feeling a bit exhausted and you're sitting there going, oh, I'm a bit rough, really change your state up. So get get up, get physical, do some push-ups or some star jumps or something. You know, it takes a couple of minutes. Um, change what it is that you're focusing on. So if you're focusing on the fact that you're tired, you're going to be tired. Um, so focus on being alive, being powerful, um, being energetic, and then just change your internal language as well. So actually tell yourself, you know, I'm full of energy, I'm full of power, and it takes about two minutes. You won't need the sugar rush and you'll be up and running. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, it's amazing what the mind can do. Yeah, it is amazing. And it's you know, when you're in that fatigued or tired state, which whether it's from your job or from, you know, raising kids or whatever, like I think you do get, you get fooled into thinking that, you know, that's what you are, that you're tired, you're exhausted, and you kind of sell yourself on that. No, if I just have a glass of wine or a bottle of wine or some sugar or whatever, <laughs> that'll that'll be the answer. But... I noticed for me personally, like, I love what you said there about, you know, changing your state. For me, I realize as well, I just got to sleep sometimes. It's not that I need a hit of sugar or alcohol. I've just got to go and have a nap, you know, like, but your brain tricks you into thinking you need all these other things. Yeah, and, and that's it, mate. And like I said before, your brain, it wants you to be comfortable. Yeah, we, We're designed to be comfortable. <laughs> so it'll yeah. take the easiest road humanly possible to keeping you comfortable and like you like you said man you know sugar's quite often the hit or even sometimes sleep uh, if you need it you, your body will tell you you need it um but sometimes we can sort of let that override us a wee bit as well i think once you've had once you've got a kid you realize how much sleep you don't need <laughs> yeah that's so a, a good good point to transition so you you mentioned um you know, you have a, a young daughter and also that you run your business with your wife, Kelly. So a, a pillar that I talk about in my coaching is that of the integrated life, you know, like that one key to happiness is how, how much can you integrate the different parts of your life? How much can you involve your friends and your business or um, your wife and your health and fitness? And, you know, like I see you incorporating, uh, you know, your wife or both of you sharing that passion for business and health and fitness. So how has that been for you? And how do you manage some of the maybe more difficult stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's easy, but it does have difficult <laughs> aspects to it. Um, and the difficult aspects are probably not what most people think. It's very much if, if you have a difference of opinion. Um, m- my wife, Kelly, and myself, 
we're very much yep yeah, mindset is is everything um but we we sort of we, we're on slightly different tracks to some degree um i'm a bit more blunt and brutal with mindset stuff <laughs> uh and kelly's a little bit softer which you need that it's a good polarity but that that can create discussions sometimes where we disagree um and you you just really that comes back to going and this is even with your wife or with anyone in life, you know, if someone's got a different opinion to you, you've just got to go, look, I accept that your opinion's different than mine. You've got a different model of the world and just take it on board, not take it personally. Then, and that's the easiest way to keep moving forward. But you know what? With us, man, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky that doesn't really come up that often. And we just make everything work. <laughs> we just fit it in. We schedule well. And. I imagine like that more blunt kind of approach. The, the people that love working with you probably want that. Yeah, yeah. More more corporates. I work with more corporates and people who are um, high achievers. So they don't want a softly, softly approach generally. Um, they want a very blunt approach to things. So they want to be told or not told, but <clears throat> when you're coaching someone, you, you want uh, – the questions are direct enough to be able to elicit a good response out of them to make them come up with the answer themselves. And that's a big thing, especially high achievers. Once they come up with the answer themselves, it makes a lot more sense to them and they integrate it a lot better. Yeah, I work with like a lot of high achievers as well. And one of the pitfalls that um, I think people don't realize once you are a high achiever and you start reaching those high levels is you don't get a lot of honesty. A lot of people, you know, you're usually at the top of the pyramid and there's less and less people willing to tell you exactly what's going on and what's wrong with you. So I think like having someone that can just be direct and tell you that is so valuable to those people. Yeah, and, and exactly it, mate. And you, you find a lot, especially in aviation as well, you know exactly what it's like. So um, you know exactly what it's like to achieve to a high level and you know exactly what it's like for people to stop, stop telling you things as well, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Yeah. It is unfortunate. Yeah, and you've really got to seek that out and you've got to seek that feedback out, which can be difficult sometimes. So you talk a lot like in your business, you, you talk a lot about limiting beliefs and that's you know one of your passions. So can you share some of the limiting beliefs that you discovered about yourself through your own journey through this um, this process? Oh, yeah, man. Mine were, mine were huge and that, that's, that's it's a funny topic. Like, um I'll give, you a pro I'll give you an example of where I sort of came from. You know, being a pilot, you'd understand this, and if there's any other pilots listening, they'd understand it as well. You're, you're very focused on your career. You know, it's what, what's next, what's next, um, upgrades. And you, you get so focused to the point where you allow other areas of your life to start, um, <clears throat> start falling backwards. Like, not, you're not achieving as well in your other areas. And, it, and it's good because you know how to achieve, but you lose a lot of that balance. And I found it myself um, at the time, like my wife Kelly was actually the first one to get into a lot of mindset development and training through, our, through one of our businesses. And I sort of allowed her to do it, but didn't really want a bar of it, to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> it, it, didn't, it didn't align with the identity I was at that stage, which was, a, which was a, just a pilot. Um, and and then I started seeing her results and started seeing how she was growing as a human and yeah you know, she, she was really outpacing me like as far as the relationship was going she was like miles ahead in in every area and I was like hmm maybe there is something to this 
And I, I started looking into it and, uh, then a little bit down the track, I found out I was going to be a dad and <clears throat> sort of the penny dropped for me. I had, um, my little, my little side project, Project Unknown and the penny dropped one day when I, I got stuck in, stuck in a rain shower when I was overseas and I was running, well, decided to run to the shops and I actually pulled up short and, um, pretty much found, I, I, I gave up for the first time in my life at anything. And it was a massive reality check for me. Um, I was like, damn, I'm going to be a father soon. I'm doing well in my career. What I thought I was, and I've just given up on something. What else am I giving up on? Um, and that, that, that caused me to go back and have a really good look at my life and see where I was going and what I was doing. And it, it, it really highlighted, like I had a lot of self-worth issues. Um, everything I was, I mean, that's something I still work on today. Um, I've got a good handle on it, but it's some, I think it's one of those things that you continue to work on. But I, I was so anchored to being a pilot and that everything I'd created was because of that and that I didn't want to give up money and I didn't want to give up the position and the title. And I'm sure you understand all of this yourself, mate. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so the, the big one with me was releasing a lot of limiting beliefs around self-worth and what I thought other people expected to, expected of me. And once I realized other people didn't really expect anything of me and that this was all self-imposed, it, it was quite quite a freeing thing. It, it allowed me to, to do what I'm currently doing and really shift life in a completely different direction, which is far more beneficial for my family than what I was, than what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, such a, um, such a familiar story Like for, for a lot of like professionals and high achievers you know even yeah. entrepreneurs like attaching who you are to those things i'm a doctor yeah. i'm a lawyer i'm a pilot and then that fear of like well if i didn't have those things who would i be like would i would i just be a nobody yeah and 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 that's and that is the scary part you know and, and particularly for me i i thought it was gonna because you know it's like become a pilot man you if you don't get a student loan it's it's a lot of money you work pretty hard those first <laughs> those first few years and I thought I was going to be a massive disappointment to my parents by backing off um, and sort of moving out of that area. And the, the truth couldn't be the complete, it was the complete opposite. You know, I spoke to my parents, I went to a retreat where a lot of this was unlocked, um, a beast mode retreat. And I came back from that, spoke to my parents and they, they were just like, what are you talking about? We're, we're proud of you now. What does it matter what you do next? It's like, huh, shit, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, it's what we think isn't, isn't the truth most of the time. Yeah. I, I always tell the story of like when I, when I had to come out to my parents as a coach <laughs> and I had to, <laughs> had to tell them like mum and dad, look, I gotta be honest with you. I'm a coach. <laughs> I think I'm more than just a pilot. You know, and, and they're yeah. just sort of waiting for the um, the bomb to drop, and and it never came. You know, they were, they were proud of me and they're supportive, and it's like, okay, I've been creating this whole thing in my head the whole time. Yeah, and how much did that hold you back, mate? Like you probably found that was holding you back significantly. Hugely, and ex mine was exactly <clears throat> the same as what you thought. It's like, wow, there's been so much money invested in this career. Uh, you know, you hear your parents talk about how proud they are of you. You think, wow, there's so much of my identity is attached to this profession. Um, what would happen if I didn't want to do this anymore? Because it's, you know, at the end of the day, what we're talking about is that career wasn't fulfilling us. Well, that's what it was for me. There was a part of that career that wasn't fulfilling me anymore. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess maybe in a long haul pilot, you, I mean, you're away a lot more than than the most than most of us, anyway. So, <laughs> can certainly understand how that moves your life around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the being away. It's the um, the tiredness. It's uh, at the end of the day, like I wanted to create something that was going to outlast me, and I felt like uh, although there's a great part of being a pilot that you just get to leave it at the aeroplane when you leave and don't take anything home. There's a, a definite great, you know, good side to that. But the downside is it's like, you're not really creating anything yeah. bigger than yourself. Yeah. That's, yeah. um, that's going to sort of leave a legacy, which is, that was something I was quite passionate about. It's going to realize I had to do something else. But just to sort of stick to this role, uh, this uh, topic of like, again, I know a lot of people that will be listening will be in that same situation, you know, tied to a career or profession and thinking, man, this is not serving me anymore. How did you, because I, I, I kind of, from the discussions we had, I feel like you may be transitioning out of that job at some point. Um, how did you kind of make that decision and know that that was the right path to go down? Yeah. Yeah, very much, um, very much decide and commit. It's quite a, and I'll, I'll be honest, it is, it's quite an intimidating thing, um, especially for me, I was a check captain, so. As, as you know, check captains don't really leave that position. Once they get there, they're sort of there for their for life. Yeah, uh, it's peak, isn't it? It is. Um, but you know, I sort of, I sort of had decided and I committed and I put a plan in place with goals and um, strategies, um, a twelve month plan to get myself out of flying altogether. Um, and because I realised it just wasn't serving me, and I was. Still having quite a lot of resistance with it, and the reason was is I hadn't really committed to anything, and I, I, I was achieving the goals, but there was still that part of me that was hanging on to the fact that I was a check captain. And it just recently, actually, I, I thought, right, I've, I, I preach this to people and talk about it all the time. You've, you've got to jump. You've got to, you've got to jump right out of your comfort zone and commit to what it is that you're doing, 100, percent 110, percent you know, go over the top and. I handed my resignation in as a check captain, and that when that happened, I was like, "Whoa!" There's this massive, massive release and this massive weight off my shoulders. And even in that was only four weeks ago. And in the last four weeks, um, our training, our coaching, and the, the amount of value we're adding to people has just gone through the roof. It's almost um, I talk about the universe a little bit, you know, because I'm not a religious person, but the universe power, you know, the, the, I think the, the earth's got a lot of energy, or whatever it was, the the universe sort of did the whole pat on the back, well done for committing. <laughs> now, now you can move forward. And that, that that's exactly what I'm doing. It's um, decide and commit. That's, that's the biggest thing I will say to anyone. Once you make that decision, you need to commit to it, commit to it 100%. Once you commit, things will happen because you'll make it happen. Yeah, and I think so much of that um, stress or suffering, if you like, is yep. tied up in the decision. And like you said to me, we were talking yesterday, and you said like it's like when you're, you know, you have to end a relationship. You know, it's not serving you anymore. The moment that you make that decision, that's when the the weight is released. It's not actually doing the act of say leaving the job. It's actually making the decision. Yeah, that's that's exactly it's that. It's that convincing yourself, that convincer strategy in your brain going, yep, I've done the right thing here. Boom, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> and 
is there still a part of you that's uncertain about the decision? Is there still any part of you that's kind of still holding on a little bit or not sure if it's the right thing to do? Yeah, look, there was um, till an event about probably two weeks ago. So, and, and I came away from two weeks away. I was um, over at a retreat in Bali doing some leadership stuff um, with Beast Mode. And I came home and I'd been away for two weeks and my daughter just didn't want an absolute bar of me. <laughs> like for 24 hours, she ignored me. She wouldn't come near me. She wouldn't hug me. She wouldn't touch me. She wouldn't even look at me. And I was just like, you know what? That's just cemented my decision because in the jet captain role, you're away for two to three weeks a month. Um, I was just like, nah, that's, that's it. So at the moment, no, no, there's nothing. That's, uh, that was pretty much the last little bit I was hanging on to. And to have, have a bit of a life event going like that, I was just like, I've made the right decision. This is, this is perfect. Yeah, kudos to you. And I guess it, um, I imagine for you a big part of it would be having those people around you and that team around you that can kind of call out your bullshit, so to speak, and, yeah. um, and help you work through that. So you, you talk about that team beast mode. Uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times. Can you tell us a bit more about what that group is and like how that's helped you? Yeah, yeah, and you're right too, mate. The same thing goes for individual coaches. It's really good to have someone there to push you and, like you said, call out your bullshit. And beast mode, look, I... I always say this to people, don't get the name confused. It's not like beast, raw, we are beasts or anything like that. Um, the, the premise around beast mode is total domination in your life, so complete balance in your life. Um, it's just a play on words, effectively. And it's headed up by a guy, Lee Bundy. Um, I met him through a third-party company that we do a bit of work for, Um Great guy, like really, he'd come through some extremely hard times. Uh, he got himself out of major depression without meds and all the rest of it, but also developed a great system, and he's he's been doing some great things uh, in the area of personal development and mindset training with people. And I, I sort of looked into it, and the reason I really got into it, I'd done a lot of mindset training, a lot of NLP stuff, but nothing ever held you accountable. Uh, you weren't held accountable for your actions. There was nothing. And the beast mode stuff really holds you accountable for every action you take. Um, we have to report daily. And it, it sounds a bit military-like, but what it does is it creates stable habits and habits around your learning and habits around your development. When you've got those habits being created, because you're, you're now responsible to other people, not only yourself, you, you find your development goes through the roof, and that's that's the big thing I've found with beast mode. It's the the development aspect of it by holding holding everyone accountable for their actions. Um, just it's, it really accelerates your learning, accelerates the way you do things. I think I think I know. You know, the the six months I've been working with them. Um, as opposed to the two years beforehand that I was on my own trying to learn about all this stuff, it, then there's no comparison. Had I had I found them two years earlier, I'd, I'd be my, streets ahead, miles ahead, because the development that comes with that accountability is huge. Yeah, I, I really think that's the missing piece. Like you mentioned it again yesterday, and I feel really strongly about this, that books and stuff are so valuable, and I encourage everyone to just to keep reading and keep learning. But having a coach or having a team or being a part of 
you know, a system that can understand you and your needs and then translate what are in those books, which is absolutely gold stuff, but it's very generic, translate that stuff into something that's personalized for you. You're exactly right. Like that's when you, your success just explodes in anything, I reckon. Yeah, and you're, you're exactly right. And I mean, that's what you do as coaches or trainers, whatever you want to call it. Everyone's got their own name for it. But the, really the, the biggest thing about it is having someone there, like you said, to kick your butt, keep you on track and really say, look, this information, this, this isn't right for you, but this is. They push you in the right direction and make sure that you're getting the results that you deserve to have. Because let's face it, mate, there is a lot of stuff out there where they'll quite happily take your money, but they won't. It's, it's generic and it doesn't help you in any way, shape or form. It's, um, book, like you said, book, books, podcasts, everything. They're all fantastic tools. I, I love them. Still, still, um, soak them up like there's no tomorrow, <laughs> but, they are generic, and I think a lot of people forget that they are generic. You need you need that extra input of a coach or a trainer to really get the massive results that you're after. So everything that you've learned and all the journey you've been through, uh, I'm interested, like, what, what's your idea of success now? Or what's your definition of freedom and success now looking forward? Yeah, um, I've actually asked myself this a few times, and it, it's, it's quite simple it's a it's a very simple version where my idea used to be bringing in a mass amount of money so that my family could do whatever they wanted to do now it's balance a complete nut of balance i don't the, the money side of things doesn't phase me um which is probably pretty obvious by the pay cut that i've recently taken <laughs> um it's more about if my version of success is if I can wake up every morning happy that I'm opening my eyes, happy that I can look over and see my beautiful daughter and my wife and that I'm going to get to hang out with them and we're not going to have to worry about what it is that we're doing and then through the day we can add value into people's lives to allow them to do the same, then that's successful. Wow. That's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so good. Like this, you know, so much of us is driven by money, and like to realize that hey, that's only going to give me a certain level of fulfillment, and to kind of go, there's all these other things, the seven things you listed. I thought that was that was awesome. Um, what a great realization. Yeah, and mate, and the, the thing is too, man, that the money side of it, yeah, I, I won't be I won't be silly. Money, you need money. The world unfortunately revolves around money, and you need it to live. But how much do you need? You know, I, I know we went from double income, no kids, earning a very high income. Um, Kelly was a project manager in her former life. Um, and I reckon our, our uh, what's the words I'm looking for, our, our way of living now and our value we add in our lives and the value we have in our lives is probably three or 400% higher was on that extremely large income yeah. <laughs> we've just got more 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 balance in our lives great people it's yeah once you realize that you realize that you're not changing your life we travel more now we have more time at home we have more freedom we're not tied we're not tied to something that really sucks the soul out of your life so last thing I want to ask you about, I ask all guys about this, and it's um, 
you know, it's a it's a little bit uh, deeper, but it's about their dark side, you know. So I think it's it's something that I never hear people talk about very much. That I, but I think it's something with guys, something that guys struggle with, is that yeah. dark side, is that part of you that's kind of I don't know that the, the sexual part of you, or whether it's like the anger or that you know that those those masculine sides of you that um, if you don't kind of have them under control, can end up getting in a lot of trouble. Um, how do you kind of handle? your dark side do you have any tips or strategies for people yeah yeah my dark side look i'll I'll be honest and tell everyone what my dark side is because i think that'll shed more light on it i um i the best way to best way to explain it is my father is a great man he had a realization about i reckon probably about eight years ago that um his his way of doing things wasn't serving him and he had a real temper um don't don't get me wrong, we were never, I was never abused or beaten. My mother was never like anything like that, but he had a way of flicking a switch and really um, he'd, he'd destroy five or six guys at one time and that was nothing to him. He was a real fighter. And I realised years ago I actually had the same switch. Um, I guess it's just something that's genetically passed down. And I, 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 I watched my father correct it himself um to, to be the man he is today and um, he doesn't do any mindset training really he thinks it's a bit woo-woo <laughs> but the ironic thing is you hear him talk about how he controlled himself and he changed his identity and all the rest and it's just like man you're <laughs> you're saying everything i'm i'm telling you about but you know that's that's that generation um and I, when I realised I had it i i sort of really kept myself out of anything that would cause that anger switch to 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 kick off really, um, and I, I've pretty much kept myself out of it all these years. And the thing I found, particularly before I started creating more balance in my life, was that was actually coming to the forefront. I was the person I was becoming was not the person I used to be or wanted to be, and that that need to feed the career feed that drive was actually bringing out the nasty, angry side of me. Um, and that was coming through the way I'd talk to my wife, that was coming through the way I'd talk to people that I was training. Um, and that was one of the realisations. It was just like, this needs to stop. And that that's pretty much my dark side. And I I, I know it's not an issue now. I'm in a, I'm in a pretty cool place. Um, but it, it, it is something I'm aware of. It is something... Yeah, I'm, I'm mindful of. I appreciate your openness. And does it do, do you kind of channel some of that into your fitness or into the gym or anything like that? Yeah, you know what? There is a bit of that. Yeah, <laughs> the gym. The gym is actually a great place to. If and this is for anyone, if they if they find they've got anger issues or temperament issues, the gym is a fantastic place. And you have a look at some of the great sportsmen of all time. That's exactly what they do. They channel that. And it is, you can almost call it a passion because you get too passionate about something, um, whether it's your opinion or something like that. If you channel that into something that's useful, you can do massive things with it. You can do great things with it. And that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. For me, man, the gym, I love, I love the gym. I'm, I'm, you, you can't see it obviously, but I'm in a, a one hell of a cast at the moment in a sling after wrist surgery two days ago. So I'm actually chomping at the bit to get to the gym. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, you're a trooper two days out of yeah. surgery. Um, no, I appreciate no, you good, doing <laughs> the interview. So um, I know a lot of people just completely resonate with what you're saying and really um, would have loved hearing from you and your message. So what is the best way for people to follow you, reach out, contact you, find you? Yeah, mate, I, I, I live on the Facebook world. Well, I live there, but that's where I do all my business um, and all my contacts and add, add as much value as I can to people's lives. Uh, my public profile page is at Lee Lynch 28. Uh, long story behind the 28, but at Lee Lynch 28. Uh, that's, that's my public profile and, uh, my personal page. It links from there anyway, so you'll be able to find that. But Facebook's the easiest way these days, given it's the, what is it, the third largest country in the world or something silly like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So Facebook uh, at Lee Lynch 28 if you want to hear more from Lee. Lee, you are a phenomenal man, a powerful man. I just have loved following your journey over the last uh, couple of years and I think you're just so positive and such an amazing example to um, a lot of guys out there. So keep it up and, um, yeah, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, Nathan, man. I just want to say too, man, like it, watching what you've been doing and how you've been developing and these – now you're going into these podcasts to add more value to everyone else in the world and get at greater reach. Um, it's phenomenal, mate, and really appreciate the offer of uh, coming on your podcast here and having a talk to you for, for a little bit about what it is we both do and how we're changing things, really. Yeah, thank you. And it's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure, and it's, um, yeah, it's cool just to be able to showcase some, um, some great people like yourself to other people out there. Well, that's it, folks, the end of episode number two. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the powerful Lee Lynch from down in Brisbane, Australia. Don't forget to reach out to Lee on his Facebook page. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. And if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes if you saw it on Facebook. Give it a like, share it around, and I will love you forever. I'll be back very soon with episode number three. But until then, thank you for listening to The Nathan Seawood Show. That was The Nathan Seawood Show. Personal conversations with powerful men.